Welcome to the Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're going to be in Luke chapter 19, verses 28 through 40. This is Luke's account of the triumphal entry. That is Palm Sunday when Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a donkey. People are celebrating, waving palm branches. And this event has been recorded twice in the Gospels so far. Matthew 21, verses 1 through 11, and Mark 11, verses 1 through 11. You can go back and listen to both of those devotions in episodes 544 and 629. the text, but I'm going to make a point that is not central to the text, but a point that came to my mind at the end of the text due to some details that Luke includes. Before I do that, I want to say thank you to the family leader. They're our 2022 Daily Dose Devotion sponsor. You can learn more about them in the announcements at the end of this devotion, and thank you to the family leader for their support. Verse 28, And when he had said these things, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. When he drew near to Bethpage and Bethany at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of the disciples saying, Go into the village in front of you where on entering you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever yet sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why are you untying it, you shall say this, the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went away and found it just as he told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners said to them, why are you untying the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus and throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. As he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, The whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Now, before we get to these last two verses, I would just say, if you want to hear devotions specifically on that event and that text, go to episodes 544 and 629. That's not what I'm going to talk about today, but it is worth hearing about. So if that's what you want, make sure you hit those episodes. I want to land on verses 39 and 40. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, teacher, rebuke your disciples. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. So here you have this celebratory scene unfolding. The Messiah is riding in on a colt. His disciples are worshiping and praising him. And the Pharisees are saying, no, no, no. And so they tell Jesus himself, you need to rebuke your disciples. Shut these guys up. They shouldn't be saying these things about you as if you're God or God's chosen one, the Messiah, because you're not. And Jesus, who is constantly poking at the Pharisees, I don't know if you've noticed, this, I hope you have, throughout Luke. Everyone wants to paint this picture of Jesus being this nice, calm, temperate guy, never wants to argue, never wants to raise his voice, just wants to kind of softly talk and say nice, compassionate things all the time, maybe hold a sheep and pet it gently. That's not the Jesus of the Gospels, folks. The Jesus of the Gospel is constantly stirring things up with the Pharisees, the scribes, the Jewish leaders, the teachers of the law, and that's what he's doing again with his response in verse 40. I tell you, if these were silent, in other words, if these disciples of mine who are worshiping me as the Messiah, as God, if they were silent, if they didn't rightly worship me as they are, the very stones would cry out. In other words, the truth of who I am is so ubiquitous and so significant that nature itself was made to worship me. I mean, you talk about escalating the conflict between the Pharisees and Jesus. Wow. Jesus is not pulling any punches. He's not shying away. And you might be able to understand why within just a few days, Jesus at the hands of the 
Pharisees is hanging on a cross. They've had enough. And of course, in doing that, they're playing right into God's hand. That's been his plan from the beginning, the culmination of his redemptive plan for humanity, and the Pharisees are going to play right into it. Now, what I wanted to spend a little bit of time on is taking the Bible as literally true. I've been in conversation with some people. There's a particular church that I'm aware of that's going through some issues related to their denomination, and it's been discovered that this particular denomination doesn't teach that the Bible is, quote, literally true. What does that mean? Well, they would say that you shouldn't take everything in the Bible word for word as literal. I personally think that the phrase literally true is actually misleading. I prefer something like inerrant. Everything in scripture is inerrant. There's no mistakes in the original manuscripts. There's no mistakes in what God had the authors write down. And the reason I believe that can be illustrated by this text. In verse 40, when Jesus says, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. Most Bible scholars believe that Jesus never meant that the stones would literally cry out. They would make an audible noise of praise to God if the disciples weren't praising him. What most scholars believe Jesus meant, he was using this figuratively or poetically or proverbially as if to say that creation itself worships me. The significance of who I am, the Son of God, the eternal God-man, the Messiah, is so huge that even if these disciples would stop worshiping me like the Pharisees are suggesting they should, it wouldn't stop all of creation from testifying to my greatness, from glorifying me as God. And that's why I think the phrase literally true is problematic because even these words, which I believe Jesus literally said, were not meant to be taken literally. He intended them to be taken figuratively. So does that mean that what Jesus said is not literally true? Well, that's where we get confused with what do we mean by literally true. That's why I think that language is problematic. I think we should use language like inerrant. Is what the Bible says that Jesus said here what he really said? Is it inerrant? Is every word that we read in the Bible supposed to be there? And are we supposed to take it as the word of God? My answer to that question is yes, in the original manuscripts for sure. Now there might be some discrepancies in different translations, and that's not what we're talking about, but we're talking about were the original manuscripts behind these words inerrant, error-free, written by God through the hands of men supernaturally? The answer is yes. And if we have a view of scripture that's anything less than that, it eventually devolves to this subjective preference of you can take the parts of scripture that you like and say they are the ones that God meant to be there, and someone else can take the parts of scripture that they like and say that's what God meant to be here. But then truth is eroded, we build our own little set of scriptures that we like, our doctrine falls apart, and we end up drifting into a place as a person or as a congregation or as a denomination that looks nothing like Christianity. I hope it's helpful that I scratch the surface of that discussion here when this verse gave me the opportunity to do so. I'd encourage you to look into the inerrancy of scripture more, to believe it, to build your life on it, and to help others do the same. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day. This is The Daily Dose, a podcast of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Please subscribe on Apple, Google, or Spotify Podcasts, or download the free Christian Crusaders app and share with a friend. Also, prayerfully consider supporting our ministry at christiancrusaders.org, where you can find our weekly 30-minute radio broadcast, airing on stations around the world since 1936, and where you can listen to our Conversations podcast featuring inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. Special thanks to our 2022 Daily Dose sponsor, The Family Leader. God designed three social institutions, the family, the church, and government. At The Family Leader, they are bringing all three together, honoring God and blessing our neighbors. Learn how and join them at thefamilyleader.com.
We also want to highlight another special ministry partner, the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Check out conference videos and schedule of events online at cedarfallsbibleconference.com and mark your calendars for Saturday, July 29th through Saturday, August 5th, 2023 for the 102nd annual Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Thank you for listening and may God richly bless you.